Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects, and you can check us out at westminstereffects.com. And make sure you join the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook uh, so you can join in the discussion. Uh, I am joined in person by... This is Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. Man, you just gave up on the fancy title, didn't you? What did I do last time? I was trying to remember. Something about balding with a gray beard or something like <laughs> oh, yeah. that. It was impressive. I, I was impressed. <laughs> uh, Got it. And we are joined via the internet. Bye. Hello, everybody. John Ross here, Westminster Effects artist, uh, Augsburgian Christian, uh, not sexy boat captain this week. I've abandoned my sultry ways, um, but uh, I I am here uh, in a in a in a sweet black V neck because that's how I roll. Going going full worship leader, I see with the V neck. Oh yeah, no, it's it's not deep enough no, to be this a is worship leader V neck. I have a dog tag here. Oh wow. That has the Lord's Prayer, and oh man, this oh you'll I, I've got another uh, necklace here that I've always worn, and I don't think you've ever seen it. It's the three solas of the Reformation. Nice. Oh, there we go. Or yeah. three of three of the five. Three of the. But, yeah. I mean, who's counting? Uh, John, what'd you do in church this week? Oh geez, so I uh, let's see. I played rhythm um, guitar, not actual uh, rhythm anything. Um, so that was, uh, always a good time. Uh, pastor Hutton was ill, uh, last minute. Uh, so uh, not ill as in a, cool, but ill as in, <laughs> ill as in down the with the bug is the flu is my understanding. So we had the, uh, the campus pastor, who's a personal friend of mine from uh, Concordia university in Seward. It's a LCMS school, um, here in Nebraska. Uh, come and officiate the service for us, and uh, you know that went really uh, that went really well. I'm kind of being thrown in as of like 8 p.m. the night before. Um, just gave a very uh, uh, simple expository preaching on Corinthians, very gospel heavy. It's his style, uh, you know, just really really good. Um, As far as music, uh, did uh, I, I mentioned last week that we did a new song by Chris called "Because of Your Love"? Uh, that went killer. Um, except in the first service, um, you know, I, I, we talked about before we use backing tracks for some things, and mostly just the parts that we can't replicate synthy stuff and and whatnot. And uh, our drummer hit the uh, backing track or, or, the, or the multi-track for uh, Point to You by We Are Messengers instead of Because of Your Love by, uh, <laughs> by Puelala. And uh, if you know Point to You, it has this really, really intense synth part right at the beginning. <laughs> and uh, that totally came through the house. So it, it was, it was very much the worst of fails on Instagram. I know it was very much a, uh, uh, you know, one of the, I, I want to say Ashley Simpson thing, you know, when she was on SNL or whatever, but that's like really old. So like Mariah Carey, New Year's Eve, two years ago, is that oh, more yeah. relevant? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I don't know, but, um, you know, so a little rocky there. Um, but you know, one thing that I've noticed is that, <clears throat> 
you know, we've had uh, a lot of new uh, folks uh, come in um, to the uh, 211 band. And, you know, it's it's such a... And, and and not a not a bad change, but it's just so different when you know when new people uh, come in from a musical dynamic standpoint. And uh, and one thing, um, and you know maybe maybe this is the pro tip for this week. One thing that you know I've taken for granted is those of us who have been around who've been playing our set list for or or, or our repertoire as it were for a long time, we take our our roadmap, you know, for dynamics and style and whatnot for granted. And, uh, you know, this past week went well, but it also showed us that we need to be a lot more intentional about communicating that roadmap and, you know, how the song flows um, to Yeah, we run into that here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did it this way last time, or did we? Or, that? I mean, that happens almost every week. For sure. I mean, well, the thing is that we've got we've got a, a group where um, it's sometimes there'll be um, uh, a bass player or or a, or, or a drummer uh, or or even a lead guitar player who's been with the band for you know, almost eight nine years, um, and then there'll be a, a keyboard player or another drummer who's been with the band for like three weeks. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it, it's a matter of kind of navigating that stuff, because those of us who have been in the band for a long time, you know, we, we know our parts for these songs. And it's often something that we take for granted. So, yeah, that was a, that was a nice piece of reflection. Uh, but all in all, went went really well. Um Micah had a had a swim meet yesterday morning, which is 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 really not something I'm cool with. I mean, the swim meets are awesome, but not on Sunday morning. But it was his, his swim club's uh, hosted home meet, so made an exception for Sunday. So I had Even. Malachi what and Sayla. My I know <laughs> I had my two youngest uh, kids that I kind of just passed around to other people, and and I had them afterwards. Uh, so they, they didn't get lost, which I consider a win. What happened at Res? <laughs> we had kind of a big Sunday this week. We did. Uh, fairly enormous, all things considered, uh, where I, I played guitar. Uh, all that went pretty well, uh, I thought, at least. I got to use the Osteen distortion on Glorious Day. Where oh, I, really? I, I rolled back the gain so it wasn't as raging as I normally have it set when I'm playing metal. <laughs> Uh, but since that song is so big, it's just like, yeah, let's just let's just go ahead and crank this. And um, so we had a celebration Sunday for a year in the renovated facilities. Mm-hmm. And so, oh man, it's been a, some, it's been a year since then. Holy smokes! Yeah. yeah. So um, and and we're I I am still just as stoked on it as when we got into it. Mm-hmm. You know, with yeah. the the upgraded sound system and all that. Uh, but you know, we had a slideshow going when you and Keith were kind of going through that. And it was, it was, it was bringing back memories of like the smell of the kids portion <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> with that sweet wood paneling oh, and my goodness, and, uh, <laughs> the red carpet upstairs. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. but then, uh, we'll, we'll get to the sermon in a second cause that's what we're going to be dwelling on. Well, well, some of the implications at least. Um, but afterward we just kind of hung out 
after church and mm-hmm. had a couple awesome. food trucks come in. Hey, uh, yeah. ate a giant before. burrito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a great day. It was a great day. We, Keith and I kind of, I don't know, we took maybe what, 15 minutes or so yeah. in the middle of the service. Yeah. My guitar was getting heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just kind of, you know, it, yes, it was about the building and completing the renovation, being in it a year, but we went back over the last year to 18 months and just kind of rehearsed with the church all the things that have happened in our community um, over the course of the last year 18 not months. not just facilities but yeah what not we've just been facilities doing. we we talked about all the outreach we've done all the missions we've been involved in uh we talked about all the things that you know have happened inside the church uh everything from baptisms to uh transitions that we've navigated sure uh, retiring pastor adding elders transitioning some of our deacons uh, we just kind of went through the year and talked about all the things that have happened and celebrated them. Um, and it was really cool to do that. Um, I feel like the people really responded well to that because yeah. there, there's so many things that happen and, and, you know, they could happen two months ago and mm-hmm. we're, we're so quick to move on that we failed to just stop and go, Hey, that was really cool what God did, or that was, that was a hard thing we went through, but look at the good that's come right you know, from it. Um, yeah. and so we, we didn't just talk about all the, you know, uh, the easy stuff to celebrate. We, we talked about our, our children's pastor suddenly being transferred to Hawaii and uh, how our volunteers had to step up in a major way while we looked to replace that staff position. So it, it, it was good to just kind of go back through the year and celebrate and then just to hang out after church, food trucks. The weather was perfect. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. Especially for how better. cold it was that morning. That's right. It was like 30. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Define cold. Define <laughs> Look cold. It. Look at Cold for <laughs> South Carolina. Okay. It was in the um, 30s. Cold for thin. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I can I can get on board with that. Just, you know, one how, thing that it's 80, 85 isn't hot for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's not hot for us either. See, that's that's the weird thing about Nebraska. We've got extremes. You know, summer can hit 110 and winter can hit negative. Ah, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you, you know, know I'd be remiss in Nebraska's if, uh, tornadoes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They make for good YouTube content, though. Check that's it out. True. Yes. Um, you know, I'd be remiss if if I didn't mention uh, uh, last week. Um, let's see. When, when is this episode going to release? So, uh, yeah, last week, sure, um, which would have been the 27th of October. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, our South Campus, so uh, Christ Lincoln has, has, has multiple campuses, and our South Campus, um, which it was known as up until uh, October 27th, had been meeting at a, uh, um, at a Christian high school gymnasium. Um, uh, for for a number of years, while they did a, a capital campaign um, for their own site, and it had been under construction, and on the 27th, uh, they opened their permanent site, their permanent home uh, for worship. Uh, child care had been going on there, I think, a week or two prior. Um, they had 500 some odd people down there, and uh, uh, it, it really is, you know, it's it's not a 
uh, grandiose sort of, you know, massive thing, but it's a, it's a really great worship space. Makes me want a coat of paint for ours. And uh, so now uh, 211 <laughs> South is now 211 Yankee Hill, uh, which is a road. It's it's one of the main um, mm-hmm. kind of arterials in, in South Lincoln. And, uh, yeah, so that is, uh, you know, that's definitely something we're celebrating. You know, and on that note, um, we've been taking uh, a moment uh, during our announcements at the end of every service uh, to celebrate and give thanks for one of our ministry teams. Um, and not just children's ministry or or financial generosity or, or whatever, uh, but even those uh, groups who serve on Sunday morning. You know, this past Sunday was our parking ministry, uh, our cafe ministry. You know, was was a couple weeks ago. You know, with the with the the coffee and and, and whatnot. And so, uh, giving thanks for those uh, kind of unsung heroes uh, on a weekly basis uh, has been uh, has been really cool for the congregation. And and just like you guys did. You know, celebrating and discussing our life together, I think, is important, yeah. uh, especially when we think about how we want to emphasize that church is not just a Sunday thing uh, and realize that, you know, that, you know, we walk in life together, but on, on, on Sundays we gather together uh, to uh, to celebrate, to praise, give thanks and so forth. So, yeah, it's cool that we're aligned in, in such things. I, yeah. think, I think we're going to do that every year now. I, I I came away from yesterday thinking along the same lines is that we need to, we need more time to just reflect on our life together Yeah. Uh, because life just goes by so fast and we leave church on Sunday and we get back into a million other things. A lot of times that are disconnected from our shared life with the body of Christ mm-hmm. and we need more space in the church. I think it's a good thing to just, you know, sort of do like a year in review, like what's happened in our church Mm -hmm. and the life of our community over the course of the last 12 months and talk about it, celebrate it, you know, give thanks for it. I think that's a, I think that's something that should be part of the church's rhythm in general. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, to get, to kind of transition into our, our main topic, you preached on the first chunk of, (laughs) of Romans 13 mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, talking about submission to authorities and particularly the government. And, uh, so it kind of, kind of walk us through some of the things you said. And I, I begrudgingly told you that you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you begrudgingly well, uh, well, that, that's our main topic is, is that's one of those passages that I don't want I don't like it. Mm. <laughs> and we all have those those passages, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll get to Cody's that in a, a second. Yeah, I want I want to be an anarcho capitalist. The Bible won't let me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I, Ron Swanson is my spirit animal. All right. Mm. So, uh, you know, bacon wrapped shrimp being my first favorite food wrapped around my third favorite fruit food, and and a government permit being a piece of paper saying I can do what I want. Like that is me. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you, you were not, uh, you weren't statist. It wasn't, it wasn't a shut up and pay your taxes and, and, and salute the flag every time you see one, that kind of thing, because we've all heard those kinds of takes on Romans 13 before. Yep. 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 Um, I, I mean, to me, the, the Bible doesn't need a lot of help. It, it, you know, Paul, Paul, under inspiration of the script of the Spirit, knows what he's doing. I mean, right. the 
flowing right out of chapter 12 where he's, you know, he tells the Christian, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I mean, I think that it, it, if, if the Bible's calling me to live in the world as a transformed person, the Christian mm-hmm. confession is Jesus Christ is Lord. I have another king. I have right. another authority who is king of kings and lord of lords. And I think when you consider that, it, it, you know, for Americans, we kind of go, oh, okay, I got that. That sounds cool. Because for the most part, uh, the American government has not been a threat to our living out our faith and worshiping and gathering and evangelizing. Um, but, you know, in Paul's day and in other parts of the world, to say Jesus Christ is Lord is treason. Right. And, you know, how are Christians going to live well under the absolute authority of Christ while also living under governmental and civil authorities in in their context? I think that's a massive question that was very weighty for Paul's readers, and it's very weighty for Christians even today. It may not feel weighty to us in America, but it should. Um, I think it's particularly with Christians skewing more politically conservative um, that probably hit differently yesterday since we have more Republicans in control than it would have in on the heels of like Barack Obama's election. I, I thought about that yeah. while I was preaching even. I thought about how differently that sermon might have landed if Hillary had been elected, if yeah. Hillary had been elected, or if I was preaching this, you know, um, six years ago, eight yeah. years ago, when Obama was in office, I mean, it's you know, I did say, you know, we're about to enter an election year, right? And regardless of what happens, exactly. what Paul asserts in Romans thirteen is still true: is that you know, government, governments, authorities. Um, they are the ministers and servants of God mm-hmm. every time, and he puts them in place. Um, and, and, and that Greek word for servant is literally the same word as deacon. That's right. That's, that's, a, that's a massive idea that's incredibly controversial because yeah. the Christian has to go then, okay, well, if I'm under a wicked ruler, which uh, some Bible Belt, die-in-the-wool Republican Christians would have said, yes, we are during the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, it, you know, some of the most extreme ones anyway. And, and you know, I don't believe that. I think that's a, you know, anyway, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> but the, the wicked rulers, however you might define that term, um, are still put in place by God. Um, I mean, you know, I mentioned Jeroboam who was one of the most wicked kings in Israel's history, mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the Babylonian king that destroyed Jerusalem, even Pilate, who stood before Jesus and said, look, I can kill you or let you go. And Jesus said, yeah, you need to think differently about that because you'd have no authority over me had it not been given to you from above. So it's what's clear in Scripture is that God is sovereignly ruling over government and civil authorities and they are serving his ultimate purpose and plan, even when they fail to restrain evil and encourage good. Right. But I think, you know, you take that piece and then there is also this other thing that Paul says is that the the establishment of governing authorities by God is for our good because as a whole, in general, 
governing and civil authorities do restrain evil in the world and encourage good. And in our submission to them is not in reverence to the authorities themselves, but it's in reverence to God. It's a, it's a, it's actually an act of worship because we recognize even in the establishment of governing authorities that God is faithful. Right. God is sovereign. God is faithful. God is good. And our submission to them is out of reverence to him. And so we pay our taxes. We get a hunting license. We get a fishing license. Um, I'm as convicted about this as anybody, but we reasonably obey the speed limit. Okay. It's, 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 it's a, you know, Paul's not talking about, you know, morally explicit things here. He's mm-hmm. talking about the practical everyday life stuff that, you know, the Christian, Paul doesn't want the Christian making life harder on themselves by failing to submit to governing authorities. And he even says, you know, it's not going to go well for you. Right. I mean, don't think God's going to spare you a speeding ticket when you break the speed limit because you're a Christian. Um, you know, th- that's it's it's it, you're going to bring hardship on yourself if you do that. Um, and so the call is to submit out of reverence to God pay your taxes, give honor to whom honor is due, uh, live as good citizens as unto the Lord. Um, recognizing that he is sovereignly ruling over all of that. And that that doesn't mean that everything, like you've already said, that doesn't mean that every tax the government levies or every war that they take part in or every uh, legislative action that they enact is a just thing. No, nope. there, there, there is a real possibility of injustice. And that's, it kind of clicked with me when you were talking just now is we're in, we're in a unique position uh, with, within the scope of worldviews to address the government mm-hmm. uh, and telling them that they do in fact answer to God. That's right. Um, where, I think of uh, John the Baptist telling Herod, it's not lawful for you to take your brother's wife. Mm-hmm. Now, it got him killed. <laughs> got him killed. Eventually. Uh, but there, we can ha- actually have a gospel proclamation within telling someone like Barack Obama, Nancy Pelosi, think of the uh, the typical villains that we prop up. Uh, from the Christian side, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, whoever, or, or uh, Xi Jinping in China, for that matter, is is you answer to God, so you do need to repent, and by the way, place your faith in Jesus. Right, right. You know, one of the things that I'm going to address this Sunday as we finish chapter 13, one of the things that I'm going to talk about this Sunday is is the question of, well, we know this that from history and even in our present day that there are Christians who live under governing authorities that command their citizens to do what the Bible forbids, or they forbid Mm -hmm. their citizens to do what the Bible commands. And what do we do with that? Um, You know, Paul's instruction is to submit to the governing authorities. Um, And I do think that includes obedience Mm -hmm. most of the time, perhaps. Uh, But submission and obedience, I don't think are exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. the time, you know, for example, when Peter and John heal the lame man at the beautiful gate and there's a mass conversion that happens and then they're threatened by the Sanhedrin to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And Peter's response, paraphrasing, is, you know, you judge for yourselves um, what you're going to do to us, but we can't help but preach in his name. Mm-hmm. 
So in other words, our our ultimate submission is to Christ and his command to go and preach and make disciples. And we're going to obey that. But you get to decide what happens to us. Right. You're going to submit to that. That, to me, is the posture of submission to the people who are in authority over them while saying, you know, we're not going to disobey Christ. But at the same time, we're not going to um, we're not going to resist arrest either. Yeah. You know, if you decide to cut our heads off, you know, John the Baptist wasn't afraid to call Herod out um, and ultimately he, you know, submitted to Herod's authority. Um, not that he really had a choice to resist being having his head <laughs> cut off, but you, you, you understand what I'm saying is that I think, you know, our submission to authorities is really, a, you know, just the posture of humility, but yet at the mm-hmm. same time, it's coupled with a boldness that we obey Christ and we serve Christ ultimately. Um, and I think that's how it's possible for the Christian to live well, even under wicked rulers. Um, you know, like Herod or what Peter and John were facing with the Sanhedrin. Right. Saints and children, we have gathered here to hear the sacred story. And I'm glad to bring it to you with my best rhyming and rhythm. Because I know the thirsty listen and down to the waters come. And the holy king of Israel loves me here in America. So, as we've noted, I've had this tension with this this passage for a while. Um, it's it's definitely getting better. It helps when when there's not bludgeoning statist sermons, <laughs> right. when it, when it's not being abused, right? Right. right. Um, so there there's all kinds of doctrines that people are uncomfortable with, whether it's because they've only heard it abused, or because they can't wrap their head around it, or or maybe they just need to get over themselves. In some some instances, mm-hmm. like that's always possible, uh, and. You you know, just thinking like the doctrine of election, uh, the sovereignty of God and everything, uh, the LGBT uh, myriad of issues going on right now. Uh, I think of, you know, people propping up women as elders, uh, the role of the law, uh, even salvation by grace alone through faith alone. You know, if, if you're trusting walking an aisle and saying a prayer or something. Uh, as opposed to trusting in what Jesus did. Right. You know, uh, that can cause some backlash uh, from some parties. So then how does the Christian uh, get past those hang-ups is, is, is kind of the big question, I think, for, for a lot of people to, to wrestle with, with, whether it's government stuff with Romans 13 or whether it's the doctrine of election or whatever. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> we all just threw our hands up and like, eh. I mean, <laughs> you know, in, in lieu of a, a direct answer, um, you know, the, to encompass all things, you know, when friends have asked me about, you know, for instance, uh, women in, in the pastoral ministry, right? Um, obviously there are some directives in scripture that have a, a cultural undertone. Uh, however, uh, you know, barring an exegetical study on those things, uh, you know, my, my response is, is always very basic uh, to pretty much, pretty much everything um, that 
that could be questionable in the sense of, oh, I don't like this, an inconvenient truth, you know, to, to borrow a, a pithy phrase. Um, From the guy who invented the Internet, no less. No less. Um, is God says so. I mean, that's, that's you know, it's, it's a very and, and admittedly oversimplified answer. But scripture says so. Right. I think I think that response you know, would probably work better for someone who is basically trying to challenge the by what standard. Yeah. Uh, basically trying to say, I don't care. This is what I think. Well, God says this. Deal with it. Sure. Uh, but then I think if if it's more of a tension, it's, well, God set this up, one, for his glory, and two, for your good, right? Mm-hmm. This is what's best for human flourishing, uh, whether it's we understand that God elected us from eternity past without considering how awesome we are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, nothing in us compelled him to save us except for his own glory, mm-hmm. right? Um, or... Or with the uh, the issue of homosexuality, it's God ordained this method of sexual activity uh, between a man and a woman in marriage to image himself in the church, right? And that complementarity that's that's yep. within that they're not exactly the same, uh, and that you know human flourishing and His glory. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I and I guess and I guess, dang it. It would be the same with God instituting governments. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, um, oh, go ahead, Bradley. Well, I was just going to say, uh, yesterday after all of our festivities and service, I met with a young couple that I'm doing premarital counseling with. Yeah. And in you know, in this particular couple, the female is more of the um, liberal spender. Mm-hmm. And the man is much more conservative financially. And there's tension in their relationship, and they're anticipating more tension over finances because she's the type to just sort of go out and buy what she wants. Right. Even if that you know makes her tight financially. And he's more of the type to just save, accumulate, uh, not spend, you know, et cetera. They don't have a budget. And they don't have any way to track their spending. Mm. And what I told them was, I said, you're you're putting yourself in a very difficult position because when you do decide to go out and shop, for example, you have no objective standard by which to measure yourselves and each other Mm. and hold each other accountable. You're just going by feel. So they go out to the store, they go out to an outlet or to the mall, and what feels right to him and what feels right to her is completely different. And so yeah. they argue. And I think in a lot of these controversial topics, it's not to say that there aren't black and white, completely black and white things in Scripture. Uh, there, there are plenty of them. But there are also a lot of things that are, have room for debate. There's gray area. We need right. to, you know, hold some things in tension, particularly with how some things get applied. Exactly. Like, like with submission to government, does that include if you know they're gassing entire cities with chlorine or something like that? That's exactly right. And and I think a lot of times these arguments 
um, even in the church, among Christians and believers, are argued from a position of what seems right to me, what feels right to me, and what feels wrong to me, versus let's dig into the objective authority, sola scriptura, that we share and live yep. under together, and let's wrestle with these things. Because um, when it comes to something like LGBTQ XYZ, um, <laughs> there, there's a there's objective statements in Scripture that um, we can look at, we can wrestle with, we can understand in context, and we can see how that particular moral um, standard fits into the tapestry of God's story and the gospel. Mm-hmm. You can that's so clear. You know, right. it's it's so clear and we can talk about it. And we can see it. we may not like it, you know, right. especially if you're somebody who has same sex attraction. Um, that's not going to fit neatly into your mm-hmm. emotional uh, framework or with friends and family, for that matter. It's not going to yeah. fit neatly. And, and that maybe is a second issue is that our pain tolerance when it comes to the objective truth of Scripture you know, speaking to things in our life that we don't want to let go of, we don't want to change our thinking on, but that's, you know, Paul's instruction, Romans 12, is be the transformed person that you are by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform to the patterns of the world, the thinking of the world, the values of the world. And the, the thinking, the thought patterns and values of the world is, I'm going to do what seems right to me. And don't tell me don't offer mm-hmm. me objective truth. I mean, that's... And if anybody's read the book of Judges, that's a that's not a good place to be in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The, the statement of everybody did what was right in his own eyes, was, that was a bad thing. That's a yeah. terrible thing. It's a terrible... I said that on Sunday. I mean, it's better that we have government and not anarchy. It's better that we have civil authority and not everyone doing what's good in their own right. sight. And I think everybody, you know, that's reasonable would agree with that. Um, and... It, even if you don't like, you know, the taxes that are being levied, levied against you or uh, the direction that your government is going, I mean, it's better that we have it. And I, and I think the Bible's clear about that. But, you know, we it's just I, I, I struggle. This is just maybe personal confession time. I really struggle uh, in some relationships that I have right now with people that I would consider brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm who want to argue about these controversial things from purely a place of what feels right and what seems right according to my yeah. own logic and life experience as opposed to let's look in the Scripture and let's see what it says and let's conform our thinking to what God has said, not just say, well, I, this is how I feel, so it must be right. I, it, I, I struggle to know how to have conversations with people like that that aren't willing. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, right. I can't expect an unbeliever I mean, to act like a believer. I get that. Um, and so that might be a different conversation. But if we're talking about within the church among believers yeah. who profess Christ, and you're not willing to go to the Scripture and 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 try to understand these things that's that's a difficult that's a difficult place oh, yeah. to be oh yeah 
Exactly. You know, and, and we've seen this with with really any debate uh, that's that's taken place is, and inside or outside of the church is that when you have a different starting point uh, coming to a, a mutual uh, ending point uh, is is going to be nearly impossible. I mean, look at all of the debates that we have between, uh, you know, creation and evolution. Or mm-hmm. creation and Big Bang, or, or however, however you want to spin it, whichever hundred of theories that you that you want to do. When one side is coming from one, whether it be worldview or uh, you know authoritative foundation or something, and and the 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 other side is is coming from you know scripture or this or 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 that, uh, if. If there's that disconnect at the very foundational level, you know that is, you know, that's almost an unresolvable tension. Um, you know, which is why it's so important, especially within the church, that we emphasize. You know, the same thing we've been talking about since the very beginning of this show is uh, scripture is the foundation in all that's things. Right. Yep. You know, and, yeah. And and in all matters, you know, we we got to rely on that. It's pretty fitting with uh with my notes. I forgot to swap out the title from last week because I just copied and pasted, and it I left it at Jesus is King for the album review. <laughs> but but for the Christian, or really for the universe, regardless if you're a Christian or not, Jesus is King. That's who we all have to answer to, whether it's government mm-hmm. uh, with Romans 13, whether it's the LGBT issue, whether it's election or whatever is is God has the final say. So we should probably see what God has to say about it. So, yeah, yeah, even, well, even if we don't like it. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, but oh, real quick, sorry, uh, even if we don't like it, but also trusting that God will bring that about for our greater joy in him. Yeah. That's right. Well, if, if if it would do the church well to just step back, and, and when I say the church, I do mean corporately, but also individually, every individual believer, mm-hmm. to step back and just consider um, if if you are a Christ follower and you you believe you you live under the authority of Scripture, how much time are you spending there? I mean, that sounds so basic. It's so just blocking and tackling fundamentals. Mm-hmm. But how much time are you spending there? How, how much are you letting your your thoughts and emotions be shaped by the truth of Scripture versus media, culture, society, the opinions of people? Uh, I was just, before you got here, Cody, was spending some time in Romans 14. We're going to be there in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul starts Romans 14 basically by saying, you know, church, don't get divided over opinions. Right. You know, and he's going to talk about eating, drinking and days of the week. Those are his three, you know, examples in Romans 14. But they're, you know, we could apply that to all manner of things is that, um, we're not we're not called to be divided over on, on the basis of opinions, and that would include convictions, but it would also include, I think, um, personal opinions about objective truth. Mm-hmm. 
You know, if right. if if you and I, Cody, have a differing opinion on what a text says, mm-hmm. then the the text is not the problem. Right. One of us is the problem, or right. maybe both of us. And that kind of humble attitude and posture mm-hmm. is what I think should permeate and saturate the church in all of our discipleship contexts and all of our conversations is this humility that I don't have a 100% accurate view of what's true. And if I have an opinion, then I need to I need to make sure that that opinion is based on exactly what the words are saying in scripture. And if I find a brother or sister who has a different opinion, I think that means we need to, we need to spend time there, right? Not, not get into divisive arguments, um, over subjective thoughts and feelings, or for that matter, just avoid the issue altogether. Mm, Exactly. Don't avoid it. That might make it worse. That might make it worse. That's right. Uh, shall we move on to the inquisition? Sure. Let's do it. Cool. Does God run out of patience? How do we bridge the gap between understanding and application of Scripture? How do I deal with my kids who have left the faith? Does God forget our sin? Join the discussion on all these topics and more on the All 7 Days podcast, where Stan, who also happens to be my dad, and Trevor take your questions and answer them from the perspective of a couple of church members just having a discussion about spiritual matters. Subscribe to the All 7 Days podcast today on Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, or your other favorite podcast listening platform and check out all7days.com. We'll just do two of these. I think we might make Hunter Chapin's question the main topic for next week. Uh, That was a pretty good question. So just two questions this week. Uh, Justin Doherty, how should we feel about uh, big big first-time guest gift bags, plan your visit systems, and special treatment for first-time guests? Uh, Bradley, it's my understanding that at Res, we, what do we give them, like a cup? Like it's a water varied. bottle? Yeah, I'm not even sure what it is right now. <laughs> There's something we give them, I think, if they will stop by the, the welcome center. Yeah, I'm just I'm not it's either a t shirt or a you water do, bottle or something. You do anything, John? It's some right trinket. Thing. Um yeah, there's you know, some <laughs> a bobblehead of you. Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, I and I don't I don't know exactly what it is. Um and and actually, you know, I, I haven't that really hasn't been part of the uh and, you know, it used to be at the end of the service, like, you know, thank you for being here. If you're new, you know, please see the welcome desk. If you're new, we've got a gift for you or something. But I haven't heard that in a while, so I, I'm not sure uh, where that is. I, I do know that if you, um, uh, you know, go through the uh, the process of becoming a, a member, uh, so to speak, uh, you do get a uh, uh, a book as a gift, a book of, of your choice from a pre-selected you yeah. know, bunch uh which is which is pretty neat um but uh yeah you know we we don't do a, a crazy amount of 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 really anything you know we direct them to the welcome uh, as far as corporately in the worship service or even part of the announcements um you know we do welcome we thank them for being there and uh, instruct them to to go and, and visit the welcome desk um, out in the commons uh, after worship and then our welcome ministry team takes care of it after that. You know, it's it's there 
their role to get them plugged into a small groups or you know ministry groups or or or, or even membership if if that's the direction that they want to go. Um, and of course, you know we we do encourage that. Uh, uh, to to grow our faith family, but um, I mean I I don't think it's necessarily uh, I mean to answer the question like a big gift bag or something that just that seems a bit excessive. I mean this isn't you know, this isn't a Marriott you know you're not like you know you know here's a here's a breath mint and a bathrobe and and have a good time, you know. <laughs> By but, the way, we already put your initials on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but I think, you know, it's almost reminds me of like some of those John Christ sets, like the, the church, the church hunters, uh, uh, you know, videos that, that he did a number of years ago. I mean, like, yes, it's important for people to feel welcome and to give them. And, and if giving them something reminds them of the good experience they had in our midst. Okay, cool. Um, a cup or, um, maybe a book or, or, or whatever it might be. Um, but I don't really think it's necessary, but then again, uh, I've taken, let's see, zero marketing classes ever. So um, I don't know uh, how that actually pans out cognitively, realistically. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's always nice to show appreciation to people, but I don't think we should go overboard. I, I don't think it serves a purpose, or at least I don't think it serves the purpose that, that we should be focusing on. I agree. Mm, yeah, because like when when I first started coming to Res, what sold me was the teaching and the people. Yeah, and I don't think we had at that time any kind of giveaway thing. So it's I guess it's kind of a discernment thing. Like, don't go overboard, and if it helps keep people around and get people plugged in, then we we've cool, been trying right? some things. I, I I don't know what we're if what we're giving first time guest as as a gift right yeah. now, but. What we've been trying to do is de-emphasize, not completely, but de-emphasize the whole take the card in the back of your seat and fill it out and go to the table and get a gift. And what we've been trying to emphasize more is connecting with first-time guests face-to-face. We started this thing called the After Party. Every first Sunday of the month, we have a fellowship-type thing almost like a reception set up somewhere on campus that only lasts about 20 to 25 minutes um, where newcomers can come and just meet people in the church. And we, we, we staff that after party with volunteers, uh, some leaders, some just members um, that can be there to greet people because we, we just found that the whole we've got a gift for you at the table isn't motivating for first time yeah. guests. You know what that feels like, and, and and this comes from me being in the corporate world for a while, it feels like lead generation. So, like, if you personally or, yeah. or anyone who's, I mean, uh, most uh, some of our listeners know that I, I work for a company called Zillow Group, and, uh, you know, that, that operates in the real estate space, and... You know, that that's one of our major business lines is lead generation. Um, you know, there, there's the old adage, um, you know, nothing's free. If it's free to you, 
mm-hmm. then someone else is buying you and mm-hmm. is, is a product of sorts. Right. Um, in the sense of, uh, oh, you know, sign up here to, to win so and so. I mean, how many giveaways have you signed up for? Like, even the music gear space, you know, from Pro Guitar Shop or whatever. And you constantly get emails afterwards, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's yep. the same. It's the same sort of of thing, and that's what kind of what a connection card is. I mean, it's good to have that information. I mean, churches for for the, a long time have been doing the hey, put your address and whatnot. I mean, we do that on our attendance register that you know that gets passed through the rows and and whatnot. But um, I mean, incentivizing that. Puts puts a little bit too uh, too much, uh, uh, not tactile, but uh, physicality on it. You know, we we need to emphasize relationship, and 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 so that's that's cool that uh, that that's something that you guys are uh, pushing forward in, and and my hope is that that's what our welcome ministry team is is doing at Christ Lincoln. Well, it, uh, what we found is that people don't want to fill out those cards. Yeah, generally speaking, and yeah. I think it's because we're bombarded all the time with lead generating type incentives online, mm, on social yeah. media, and what have you, and it, that just feels like when people come to church, I think sometimes it feels like this is just another organization trying to get my information so they can send me stuff, yep. and so yep. that's why we we haven't completely done away with it, but actually I've talked with you know our person that's over. Uh, all our communication and and you know assimilation about just putting a you know an FAQ card take the connection card out mm. and put an FAQ card in the back of the seat that has just sort of the pertinent information about if you want to connect here if you want to get involved here are the things that you can do and that's a pretty interesting concept we're yeah. available to help you with that mm-hmm. there's a space you know, on our campus every week where we can help you with that. If you want to go there and really giving people the opportunity to almost, almost self-initiate assimilation. Basically the difference between a soft sale and a hard sale. Exactly. Yeah. You know. uh, let's, let's pop this one last inquisition question out real quick. There, there may be a collective groan, uh, but I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the the job ad for a worship leader with a guy like super tatted up like neck tats even and basically you have to look that cool to uh to apply. I saw that on my phone. I thought that was Bieber. <laughs> I hadn't seen that. I hadn't yeah, seen it. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll text it to you or tag you in that. But uh, Brad Speed said I recently came across a church website whose tagline was something along the lines of "We'll do everything short of sin to reach the lost." What are your thoughts on this? Um. I mean, obviously, the the knee-jerk reaction is, well, yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then you have to kind of, well, how are we defining things? Because if we're talking about stuff like uh, covering whatever the top 40 song flavor of the week is or, you know, to open worship or if we're doing goofy skits that take up 15 minutes of a worship service or something like that, then... I'm not on board with that. Mm, uh, yeah. I th- you know, if you're, if you're regulative, then that would actually be sinful in the first place. Mm. Um, For sure. I mean, and, and normative, I mean, even in the, even in that world, I mean, you can do things that just are insincere gimmicks. I mean, that's probably one of my least favorite things uh, in, in the church world. And, and something that we've struggled with it at Christ is, 
uh, not with Christ, but at Christ, uh, <laughs> is is the gimmicky stuff. You know, is is trying to be uh, quote relevant by. Uh, when the gospel in and of itself is relevant in the first place. Exactly. And, and you know, if my pastor's listening to this, I mean, he knows my, my feelings and, and I, and it's not a, it's not an issue of trust. It's not, it's not that I don't trust that, um, the gospel will be proclaimed clearly and boldly in the midst of things. But like a number of years ago, we had a beard competition open to the city. <laughs> Seriously, like who could grow the best beard in Lincoln, Nebraska, and then come to come to church? Um, did it get some people to church? Yeah, are they still here? Uh, I don't know. Um, but it just feels weird, you know, to to do that. I I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, what you're hitting on, John. Yeah, when when that statement is made, I would say most of the time what they're talking about is um, endeavoring to be relevant by dumbing down controversy mm-hmm. and by pulling on things from the world yep. uh, to appeal and entice rather than let the gospel appeal and entice. Um, yeah, do everything short of sin in order to reach the loss. Um, that you, that you could go one of two ways with that. I mean, you could go with doing top 40 songs to beard competitions to, um, you know, all kinds, even what we did on Sunday. Um, it wasn't a gimmick for the loss, but having food trucks after church and, you know, doing all these things that, um, you, you think might be attractive, or you could unashamedly preach the gospel, preach the truth of Scripture, worship with passion and exuberance, and um, you know elevate Christ um, in every possible way, in a mm-hmm. way that honors Him according to Scripture. Yes, if that's what you mean by that statement, go for it, Absolutely. and I'll be your biggest fan. But yeah. if it, I mean, I think there is. Maybe something to be said. Maybe that there is a large contingent of quote Christians. That's not for me to discern, right? Um, people who would identify themselves as such, um, who are who are in it for the Sunday experience. You know, they go. It makes them feel better. They like the music. You know, then they go out in the parking lot, jump in their shiny, you know, shiny leased Chevy Yukon and you know, go out to brunch. You know, um, that's right. Picking on the, picking on the Chevy owners. Um, and there is something to be said, and, and I don't know what that is, but it is something that maybe there is a little benefit And we lost John. Oh man, that crashed hard. <laughs> gone. He gone. 
And here we have the awkward situation of when we recorded this episode, uh, John's internet connection just kind of disappeared, and so did he. So uh, here's the outro. You kind of know the drill by now as my phone goes off with a notification from my local news service. But anyway, follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you leave a five-star review. That really helps. Uh, get the word out about the podcast. You can support the show at anchor.fm where you can donate money and help us improve. If you pledge to donate $10 a month or the $9.99 option, uh, which is the technical uh, name for it, I guess, uh, you get your choice of a Piper Drive version 2 or Wickliffe Fuzz. We'll leave you with a demo of the Exegete Boost Overdrive Distortion Fuzz. It is a sonic replication of the Big Sonic X Pandora, and it sounds fantastic. Thanks a lot for listening. Hey, this is Cody from Westminster Effects showing you the Exegete, which is a sonic replication, not quite a clone, uh, but it's a sonic replication or approximation of the old Big Sonic X Pandora from the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, the X Pandora had internal dip switches on version one, and then in later versions, it moved those dip switches uh, externally. But you use the toggle switches here to affect how saturated the tone is, the overdrive or distortion. So here's the clean tone. So both switches up is the least amount of saturation that's more of a crunch mode. Number two down, it's more of the overdrive. With number one down, it's more of a distortion. So obviously a lot more saturation there. Now the X Pandora also had what wasn't labeled, so they called it forbidden mode, and this is just really over the top. Yeah, that's a whole lot of fuzz. Uh, check us out, WestminsterEffects.com.